Thanks to Slack for supporting this episode of Market Foolery. Slack is a messaging app that brings together all your team's communications in one place, making work simpler and more productive. Go to slack.com to learn more. It's Thursday, July 20th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Funds, Bill Barker. Happy moon landing anniversary. Really? Yeah, it is. Yeah, July 20th. How are you celebrating? Um, this year, I, I I'm celebrating the anniversary of the moon landing the way I do uh, every year, which is just sort of marveling the bravery of the people who went and the brains of the people who got them there. Because if you've ever seen the amazing movie Apollo 13, which actually didn't result in, that mission did not result in landing on the moon, but just sort of the brains of the people who got them there is uh, great is, movie is jaw dropping to me. Yes. So have that's you made how, a major kids watch it. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's a must-watch movie. It's like no, sit down, sit down. You you have to watch this because that's how good this movie is. Um, we're going to get into some earnings news, but I think we got to start with the retail news of the day, and that is the fact that Sears is going to sell Kenmore branded appliances on a little startup website called Amazon.com. Uh, they will be integrated with the Amazon Echo platform, which will enable customers to control their appliances by voice commands. So, apparently, I can just, I don't, I don't know, I can speak, and my Kenmore washer-dryer is going to wash my clothes for me. And what this has done for Sears stock is has me shaking my head. Pre-market, shares of Sears were up 25%. That has calmed down now, because I think that the initial excitement of this news was, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then, when investors had the chance to give it more than a moment's thought, they remembered that the company involved here is Sears. And so, that's why the stock is only up about, only in air quotes, up 13% to this point. Yeah, I think the initial reaction might have been that people sitting around, whereas before, if you wanted to get, I don't know, five or six new dishwashers, you'd have to like go to Sears or at least go on the website. Now you don't have to do either. You can just talk. Like I need another five refrigerators. You're saying Kenmore. bulk ordering? Yeah, and if you've had a few drinks, maybe that happens. Like you forget. That the Alexa's on, and that's I think that's what was incorporated into the twenty five percent rise. The possibility that you know this was a an opportunity for people to drunk order. Well, you mentioned appliances. You mentioned something to me earlier today, and I, I think, uh, and I hesitate to uh, obviously to compliment you, but I think you're you're spot on with this, which is that anytime there is a news announcement involving Amazon. There is sort of this gut reaction in terms of a, a given stock, and it ha- and it basically which direction it goes depends on the answer to the question: Is this good or bad? Yeah, uh, and and uh, you know, give you an opportunity to take the compliment back. The picture that I have in my mind is is from the scene in Big. Which we talked about, I think after another Tom Hanks. It's a we're name checking Tom <laughs> Hanks movies today. First Apollo thirteen, and then the classic film Big. Big, his first real starring major role after Splash, perhaps. Yes, I think was uh, his first Academy Award nomination. Yes. possibly. Yeah. Anyway, so he's sitting there in, in where, the for those who haven't seen it, a thirteen-year-old boy makes a wish that he he become big, and he wakes up the next morning and he's in the body of an adult male played by Tom Hanks. Who are these people who haven't seen it? I, I just I never want to assume. <laughs> I never want to assume. 
Why do you give your audience such lack of credit? Not not everyone in the audience, just those those few people who are like, oh, I, I, you know, it's like I've so. I've been meaning to see it, and and they haven't gotten around to let it. Let me give you a quick real life example. Uh, we're doing a Facebook Live today, as as we try to do once a week or so, and uh, our man Dylan Lewis, who people who listen to our Industry Focus podcast know, Dylan hosts the Friday edition of that. It's the technology edition of Industry Focus. Um, and uh, Dylan, who's very uh, smart uh, and immersed in popular culture, uh, sort of had a lot of us scratching our heads recently when he just sort of said out loud in the office, um, hey, uh, has anyone seen uh, The Princess Bride? Is that a good movie? And immediately and rightfully, he was derided by one and all. Pummeled. Pummeled by one and all. So, again, Dylan, very immersed in pop culture, and yet there's that gaping hole where he hasn't seen The Princess Bride. So, there are probably a lot of people out there like, oh, big, I mean to see it. But yeah. anyway, we're so, on like third derivative tangents right now I because know. We're, we're, it's at least a tangent of a tangent. Yeah. And maybe third let's, level. Let's bring it back to Amazon and Sears. Yeah. So anyway, uh, to finish the tangent really quickly, Tom Hanks is in a meeting, and, and there's been a big production uh, meeting about a, a new toy line, and, and Tom Hanks just says, I, "I don't get it." And you know, wouldn't it be better if there were bugs instead of buildings for this toy? And, and everybody said, "Oh, what a great idea!" And then the guy who had been running the meeting said, "This this just doesn't happen. You don't just show up and say bugs, and then everything goes." And that that's where things are now with Amazon. You just say Amazon. And and the stock is going to move, in Sears' case, fifteen percent ish uh, at the moment, um, and it depends on whether you're working with Amazon or whether Amazon has decided to end your business, uh, which seems to be the, you know, the market uh, reaction now. In, in Sears' case, twenty five percent today. A lot of that was short covering. It's a heavily uh, shorted stock, uh, so another breath of life perhaps for Sears, and so. I think that that was probably a low volume, twenty five percent move, but some panic short selling uh, or short covering. Excuse me. Uh, now you know it, it's as you say, the market is digesting this a little bit more. There are probably only you know a few dishwashers that you can order at one time uh, with Alexa. I, I think it's it's useful for Sears to be on the right side of history. This is a Taking some of its brands and putting it on the right side of history, rather than where it is mostly, which is on the wrong side, and so that's worth uh, that's worth a little bit. But you know, the stock isn't going to revisit its old highs off of this or the next six things that uh, bump the stock up a little bit. All right, let's get to some earnings news, and we'll start with United Rentals, which is having a pretty good day. Second quarter profits for the equipment rental company came in higher than expected, uh, as did overall sales, and they raised guidance, um, which is about as good as it gets for any company reporting earnings to have uh, beating on the top and bottom line. And business is so good that you're raising guidance for the full fiscal year, and not surprisingly, the Shares of United Rentals are closing in on a 52-week high. Yeah, this is a stock which uh, is heavily levered to two things. One, the well, the economy generally and the construction economy specifically, and I use the word levered because it is uh, got plenty of debt. So when times in the economy and and construction, um, both commercial and residential, go the wrong way, as of course you know eight oh nine did. The the company was almost wiped out. 
uh, in by stock market terms, uh, it got down to about a five hundred million dollar market cap uh, by the end of two thousand and nine, and you know it's back to being a, a ten billion dollar company today. So if you hit the bottom, you'd be have about twenty extra money, but. That would have taken a certain amount of not just foresight but bravery because of the debt that the company had, and so when times are good, uh, and and times are pretty good for the U.S. economy, slowly uh, expanding, but the expansion has been prolonged, and you're on the right side of the debt equation at the moment. Uh, and and so this this company's up the stock is up seventy five percent it's uh, in the last year hard to believe that it got so low given the earnings power that it has um, it, it's looking to make about nine dollars a share uh, on normalized earnings and was trading for you know mid sixties so it was trading about seven times this year's earnings last year so you had to be able to look forward to this year anyway they 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 produce a lot of the different. Uh, pieces of equipment that you rent to uh, trenches are a big part, uh, but just all aspects of commercial construction. Yeah, I was gonna say if you if you go to their website, as I did this morning, you just it, it's pretty amazing, sort of the breadth of things that you can rent from United Rentals, um, like aerial work. Uh, platforms and light towers and general, you know, as you said, anything, if anything involving commercial construction, you can probably find at this place. Which, you know, I suppose is maybe it's not so surprising that they have the debt that they have, just because this seems like a, a pretty capital-intensive business. Yes, and they're, so they're taking on the risk by having all that equipment and having um, the debt out that allows them to. Uh, have all this stuff, which they can then rent out to smaller companies, which aren't going to be buying their own backhoes or um, you know lifts and things like that. And when times are good, they get the multiplier effect of that. And when times are bad, the multiplication goes in the opposite direction. And so you get very, uh, although it's been a great long-term play, a lot of that um, can be attributed to. Uh, Bradley Jacobs, who at one time was the CEO, now he's at XPO and doing the same sort of roll-up operation that United Rentals has done for a long time. Um, you know, acquiring other players, putting them into into their umbrella, and so you, you get you get things like, you know, the stock going up fifty four percent in two thousand twelve, seventy one percent in two thousand thirteen. 30% in 2014, then down 30% in 2015, down 45% last year. Uh, I'm sorry, that was that, that was up 45% from last year. Um, it it really uh, has had a remarkable run as a stock, while the business has been a far more stable than the stock price. There's a lot of overreaction to uh, minor hiccups in the operations. There may be overreaction today. You know, and given a seventy-five percent rise, once you get to all the good earnings being captured, you start seeing a lower multiple. You know, you get you get an end of the cycle multiple for uh, for stocks. It's only trading at about I think twelve times forward earnings, uh, which seems modest for a company. That I was going to say, given the rise of the stock, that's that doesn't seem all that high. No. No. Uh, well, good earnings are expected both this year and next year. They're raising guidance, so that's part of it. Uh, but there's also look forward 
forward earnings expectations are almost always too high. So that's one of the things that you should filter when you hear something is only trading at X times next year's earnings. Well, next year's earnings are more likely than not to come down, especially if the economy is doing well at the, at this moment in time, and we're projecting rapidly uh, rising earnings over the next 18 months, which Wall Street analysts are projecting. Let's see if that really happens. Let's move on to T-Mobile. Second quarter profit came in around 80% higher than expected. Um, you got to love, unless you are Sprint or AT&T, or anyone competing with T-Mobile, I think you got to love CEO John Ledger, who, among other things, talked about how they're considering a quarterly dividend over at T-Mobile. They're considering a merger with Sprint. John Ledger is like the Charles Barkley of CEOs. Like he just he just is is always a good quote all the time. <laughs> um, and maybe we shouldn't be surprised by these results uh, on on Motley Fool Money last week. David Kretzmann was talking about the fact that T-Mobile's goal heading into 2017 was to open 1,000 locations, and they met that goal after just six months. So they've they've expanded their goal to 1,500 for the full calendar year. And uh, you know, give them credit. They're they're bringing in profits to go along with that expansion. So I haven't followed it as closely as uh, David. And uh, is, what are these locations? Are they kiosks? You know, in a mall because a thousand locations. That's not a, a full build out of a full store in in five months, six months, whatever it is. So I think some of them are kiosks, but some of them are some of them. And this is was part of the conversation that we had. Um, it's partly a result of when we talk about Amazon and the disruption of traditional bricks and mortar retailers, Macy's, Kohl's, JCPenney, etc. One of the things that we don't really dig into all that much is the commercial real estate aspect of this. And so, um, my assumption is that part of what's going on with T-Mobile is they're taking advantage of some pretty desperate. People in the commercial real estate business who are just looking, you know, who are have uh, clients who are closing up shops, and T-Mobile is able to swoop in and and maybe get, uh, if not an amazing price, certainly a better price. But yeah, I, I mean, just driving around Alexandria, I've seen a uh, a couple of new in the last six months or so, a couple of new T-Mobile locations, and they're they're small. Uh, they're pretty basic, uh, and it's it's the kind of thing that doesn't take. Uh, it, it looks like they don't take a lot to pull together all that much. Yeah, well, I'm going to have to check them out because while we've been sitting here, I've gotten a notice from my um, service provider that uh, my data package has been uh, used for the month, and it's not <laughs> it's not the 31st. It's, it's July 20th. It's, it's the 20th, and we have discussed this at home with the. Children and um, I'm not pleased with the way things are are moving on the data usage. Summer seems it it seems like they're not reading as many books as they claim. If the data plan is being unless <laughs> unless my data provider is lying to me about the exact number of bits that are being used, I think uh, it's time to go to the library. I think it might be time for you to go to T-Mobile because uh, their business appears to be booming over there, and maybe they can cut you a better deal. No, I'm, I'm, I'm 
it's top of the list of things to do once we're done here. Uh, before we get to our next story, I want to say thanks to Slack for supporting today's episode of Market Foolery. Slack is a messaging app that brings together all your team's communications in one place to make your work life simpler and more productive. Uh, we use Slack here at The Motley Fool. We've been using it for years. Uh, I mentioned uh, this is a Facebook Live uh, episode. Uh, Dylan Lewis is going to be sending me questions from people on Facebook via Slack. Um, it's just it's a simple, easy platform, and we love it. Uh, it saves you time. It makes you more productive. We've cut our internal email at the Motley Fool substantially, and one of the other great things about Slack is it, it, you can tailor it to work with over 900 different apps. Uh, really easy to drag and drop file sharing with things like Dropbox, Google Drive, etc. And with mobile apps for iOS and Android that sync seamlessly, you can always pick up where you left off, no matter where you are. Slack, where work happens. Find out why at slack.com. Polaris Industries hitting a 52-week high on strong second quarter sales, and they raised their guidance. Polaris, uh, for those unfamiliar, uh, sells what I like to call fun vehicles. ATVs, snowmobiles, etc. Apparently, they're doing well in terms of sales. So, which of these vehicles have you been on? Between the ORVs and uh, ATVs and snowmobiles? Uh, well, I'm from Maine, so I, I have I am familiar with the snowmobile. So, I've I've been on snowmobiles. I've been on motorcycles, uh, ATVs. Would you call yourself a Polaris guy, or you're an Arctic Cat guy, or or? Uh, I, I'm a limited experience. You're not going to pretend guy. to be that experienced. Not, it's you know what I haven't like? been on the government and defense uh, vehicles that they provide. I didn't realize that Polaris. I thought they were strictly consumer focused. I didn't realize that they had a whole um, you know government contract side of the business that they were doing as well. So they've got a lot of things that they've done very well over the years. A number of hiccups, uh, which occurred in the sort of the 2014, 2015, including uh, some of the the paint operations they had for some of their. They they opened up a new uh, location and and kind of flubbed the rollout of paint, so that that ended up costing them uh, on some of their off road vehicles. Uh, they seem to have gotten things back. Uh, online, um, a couple of other things which have contributed to the rapid rise in, in their growth, and then and then this pause. One is you've got these off-road vehicles and all-terrain vehicles, and they are the sales of those, uh, as as you might guess, are not concentrated in the cities. Right. Yeah. So they're they're out more in the in the country, and uh, and a number of the markets. Suffered from the decline in oil prices, and so you've got uh, a number of people who, during the the oil boom, more or less, a lot of the the fracking uh, locations, rural locations, uh, you saw a lot more sales there, and then uh, with the decline in prices, a lot less. And so, where the economy has been growing fastest is. It was growing in, in these these locations uh, when the oil prices were going up. Um, now that that's taken a breather, but oil prices have stabilized somewhat. So uh, maybe that will improve again. They've got um, their uh, Indian line uh, of motorcycles has done extremely well. Uh, they've shut down uh, or are in the process of shutting down Victory. So 
they are going to see some improved margins uh, because that that line was losing money. The sales, one of the reasons that the company is doing well is the sales haven't really declined um, while the earnings for some of these operational reasons like uh, the, the rollout of the, the paint location, uh, their earnings are way off of where they were three, four years ago when they were earning north of $6 a share. Right now, trailing 12 months, you're, gonna, you're around $2, 250 a share. There's still some one-time costs baked into that. Over the course of uh, the next year, the next uh, year and a half, they're expected to get back up to around $5 a share. So, the the margins are not what they were. The, there are more competitors. Part of the issue has been for them um, the dollar. Uh, that doesn't uh, the the dollar has not been helpful to them strengthen it because uh, a lot of their competitors are uh, the Japanese and German producers. So if you expect their earnings per share to rise. To essentially double in the next couple of years. When you look at that, do you go, well, wait a minute, even though it's hitting a 52 week high, this still has a lot of room to run? Not really, because the earnings are really just getting back to a stone's throw away from the highs that they reached before. So normally, when you think, oh, earnings are going to double over the next two years, you're talking about something that is an entirely good equation. This is doubling to get back to almost where they were. 2013, 2014, uh, even 2015, they were uh, up close to $7 a share. So it's been a, a really rough last, most of the suffering was last year. Um, you know, the, there seem to be, uh, you know, better, better times ahead for them. They do have management which has mostly done a very good operational job. So I can understand the optimism that, that investors are. Placing on the company today, getting it close to a 52-week high, um, and the sales have not really fallen off. So I, I think it's a very, very good company over the long term. It's it's still not trading nearly where it was at its peak. One housekeeping note before we wrap up: um, Comic Con is officially underway out in San Diego, and this week on Motley Fool Money, our guest is Rob Salkowitz from Forbes. He's out in San Diego. We're going to be talking about the business of Comic-Con, which has really just exploded, uh, particularly over the last 10 years or so. Uh, so, that should be fun. Anything else before we wrap up? Uh, were we going to talk about Boston for some reason? Sure, yeah, because you just you just were hanging out in Boston. I you was. were up there for uh, for a tournament, yes? A couple things. The yeah. investing stuff is done now, so, so most of you uh, can just sort of drop off by now. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're, I think of you as being from Boston, which is not entirely true. I'm. It's. It is not even close to being true. Well, I, you spend I, your college years. I spent my college years there. I have and a lot. You have of, lived there uh, post college. Yes, for a year or so. But I've. I've. And I have a lot of family up there. But and I love Boston. But and I'm all not your from sports there. teams are Boston teams. Yes. So anyway, yeah, emotionally, you're from Boston. <laughs> Yeah, that that's fairer to say that emotion, emotionally, I'm partly from Boston. Uh, I had a good time there. My uh, I have a daughter who is doing a program at uh, your alma mater, uh, Boston University, Boston uh, College, Boston College, which is very different from Boston University, <laughs> as you well know. <laughs> For one well, thing, anyway, she seems to find Boston University to be a, a, an outstanding experience. Did you? 
Did That's she... all I can really say. Okay. Did she spend time at BU as well? Was she like checking it out, or she was at BC? No, no, she hasn't been to BC. She's oh. at Boston University. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, not even close. <laughs> if she wants to see an actual campus, she should go to Boston College. Just you know, just take the the subway. Just you up. were you were loath to uh, pay for your your child to go to Boston University, weren't you? Wasn't that going to sort of be a dagger if it, if it came to that for I, you? I didn't have to cross that bridge. I, it, it, it was not. You were hoping issue. to avoid that. I was I was successful in avoiding <laughs> that. I did I didn't have to deal with that. Yeah, any no, that any good. college but BU for you. It was a little bit like that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say I said that to her directly, but um, I probably connected the dots for her on that one. Okay, <laughs> um, much in the same way that I think for for your children, uh, the idea that they would even deign to say the word Harvard out loud in your home. I mean, forget about going over the data plan. I, I imagine in your household, if the word Harvard is uttered, that's like the worst thing that can happen. Uh, you know, there, I can actually imagine worse things than my kids going to Harvard, um, because uh, that would that would if if I could cash in right now <laughs> that, that they all go to Harvard, I would take that. I, I don't think that's uh, that's that's no longer as bad an outcome as. Uh, as I thought back in my Yale days. In your Yale days, that's fair enough. Um, any good meals while you're up in Boston? Any any place you want to like name check? Uh, we can't just name check Tom Hanks movies. You know, I, I had a lobster roll. Nice from McDonald's. Oh, <laughs> you know what? You're doing Boston wrong, and this episode is over. Thanks for being here. Thank you. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, even if they have no blessed idea where to get a decent lobster roll. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.